0: This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecost News Church on this September the 25th, 2022. Pastor Appreciation Sunday, Senior Pastor Reverend Theral Hardison bringing the message today through the bondage of discouragement. Here's Brother David.
1: Church is split right down the middle. See that aisle right there? But I'm going to tell you something. I saw people from that side coming over here, people from this side going over. You still practice and we appreciate it. It's, it's showing. It really is. Man, I heard you. I heard you over there. Man, I tell you, uh, when church starts off like this, <laughs> I like it, don't you? But I'll climb a high mountain if I have to. If I get here and it's cold, a little bit cold, you know, I'm, I've seen it like that. wasn't anybody's fault, old devil, just fighting double time. Uh, you got to climb that mountain. You got to go ahead and praise God anyhow. Lift your hands anyhow. You say, Well, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't really do it if I don't feel like it. Well, that's not right. There's only two times you got to praise the Lord when you feel like it and when you don't. That's the only time you got to do it. Man, I love it. I love it. I'll tell you, I'm. Woo. He is that, Brother Bill. He is that. Amen. <laughs> Bill, you got old Larry Whitley there beside you. Awesome, man. Larry Whitley, you've been good to me, boy. You've done some things for me back when I had hair. I love you for it, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, Brother Norman? Oh, the Lord for the me out this time to, uh, so. <laughs> day for him that
2: we put it in his hands and uh, we'll work out of him to take sure
1: of it. He's been pretty all the way. Anybody that has anything to do with him, we might have situation, I think, the situation to turn to God. Do you know what it's in the church yes. and I sense to preach Praise, Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God's in the house now. If you don't leave change today, it's going to be your fault. And I mean, what if you left just like you came? Wouldn't that be a waste of time? Amen. Huh? Have you ever been to church and, and you just kind of left like you came? Man, you could have stayed home, done something else. But I'm, I'm already, if I leave right now, I'm going to be better, aren't you all? Amen. Amen. I could just go and preach now. Let me go ahead and... Uh, uh, I do want y'all to stay for lunch, though, because that's where that offering thing is, you know. uh, Well, it ain't in here, so it's over there. I want y'all to stay for lunch that big offering table. I'm just just bringing that up, Curtis. Is that all right? (laughs) Amen. I appreciate y'all, too. We ought to have a church appreciation day. Me and Millie do all the singing and preaching that day. You want to do that? Just me and Millie, just appreciating y'all. And we'll take up offering for you. Won't be much, but we'll take it up for y'all. We'll give it to you. It's time to worship the Lord by giving. Thank you for your giving today. Um, I'm up here uh, kidding around a little bit, but it's very serious that we are faithful in our generosity and our giving, and uh, you all are, and I love you for that. I know you will be today. Father bless every penny we receive and let every penny be used only for your glory and your purpose in jesus name amen
3: middle of the night I look up to the sky I can hear you singing over me through the fire and the flood I know that I am loved I can hear
1: people, and uh, their sparkly shoes, she's got sparkly shoes on, so it's always good. I like the first song we sung, I think that's the first time I've heard us sing that, that worship song, that first one about joy, I've never heard that song, I like that, put that on the pastor's favorite list, David, I like it, I like it, I don't like it. When the church sings songs about joy and there's no joy. I've heard songs. Have you ever heard churches sing joy unspeakable with no joy? I have heard it many times. Uh, Joy is that um, characteristic, that quality that attracts lost people to the church. The, the world is looking for joy. There's no joy in this world. And if you find joy, it really isn't joy. It's, it's happiness. And happiness is based on what happens. If good things happen, you're happy. If bad things happen, you're not happy. Uh, so joy and happiness are two different things. And the people said amen. Uh, let me tell you the difference in joy and happiness. There's a little box on the wall. I don't know where the one is for in here, but there's a little box on the wall at your house. It's called a thermostat. And there's a, on the thermostat, there's a thermometer. And the thermometer tells you what the temperature is in the house. Y'all with me? I'm trying to give y'all an HVAC lesson this morning. So the thermometer tells you what the temperature is, and then there's a button on there, and you can put it where you want the temperature to be. Isn't that right? Um, my wife wears ours out; just wears it out. I push it up because I'm about to freeze. She pushes it down because she's uh, hot. So, anyway, come on, men. Can I get amen from the men? Come on. But um, see, happiness is like the thermometer. It just registers the conditions. It tells you what the conditions are. Joy is like the thermostat, the little lever or button or whatever you use on yours. It sets the temperature. It sets the temperature. When you're right with the Lord, you can have joy in the midst of the storm. You can have joy... When there's sickness and when there's weakness and when there's financial difficulty and when there's job difficulty and when there's relationship difficulty, you can have joy in the middle of all of it. And I don't know about you all, but if we've ever needed supernatural joy, it is in the day we live right now. Because when you look at the news and what's going on in this world, there's not very much to be joyful about. But we walked in here today with the world being like it is and we were in a joyful spirit and God came in with His supernatural joy and we sang praises to Him in joy. So we set the temperature. Amen? Amen. We didn't come in and and just register that it's all bad out there in the world. We said it is bad. Jesus said it would be bad bad in the last days. Paul told us it would be bad in the last days. It ought not to be a surprise to us. But we can, listen, not just here at church, but in your home and on your job and at school and in your car. Wherever you are, you can say, you know what? I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. But I am seeking from God today supernatural joy. Amen? Amen. People said amen. Let me ask y'all something. How y'all like my coat? You like my coat? I'm glad you like it because I'm about to shed it. Thank all three of you. Stay right there. (laughs) I told Millie it was a little early in the season to wear that coat. And when I got happy in my worship while ago, I kind of got sweaty at the same time. And so uh, I'm going to shed that thing so I can be free. And I know lunch is coming, so I'm going to keep it short today. Y'all don't believe me, y'all don't know. Y'all, y'all don't believe me. y'all think I'm a false prophet. Let's talk about how to break through the bondage of discouragement. We started last Sunday and we talked about Moses. How many of y'all consider Moses to be one of the great heroes of the Bible? Do you know we found out last week he asked God to kill him? He did. He got so discouraged, he asked God to kill him. He said, I would rather not live than to live like I'm having to live. He got discouraged. You can get so discouraged that you want to leave this world. You can get so discouraged that you lose that joy that I was just preaching about. You can get so discouraged, listen, that your witness has no power because your countenance is louder than your words. Do you hear what I just said? It isn't just what you say, it's how you say it. And you can talk about joy all day long and talk about the joy of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord But if your countenance does not reflect the joy that's in your heart, then your testimony is not as powerful. So it's important today that we don't allow discouragement to take hold in our life, to take root in our life. It's very, very important. And uh, we're going to talk about how not only did Moses have difficulty with discouragement, But so did some other great characters in the Bible, people that I consider to be people of great faith. You know, the book of Hebrews chapter 11 is what I call the hall of fame of faith. And we're not going to preach from Hebrews 11 today, so don't turn there. But in your study, if you want to go back and look at that in your devotion, Paul, I believe, wrote Hebrews, and Paul gives a list of people in the Old Testament that had great faith. And some of these characters that we are listing here that got discouraged are listed in that chapter 11. So what I'm trying to tell you and what I hope you'll get hold of this morning and and what I hope you'll grasp and and, and apply it to your life is that no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how close to God you are, the enemy, Satan, is going to try to work his negative work in your life through discouragement. He's going to try to make you feel hopeless. He's going to try to make you feel that there are situations that can arise in your life that even God can't do anything about it. He'll tell you that. He'll whisper that in your ear. How many of you know the devil's a liar? He's the author of lies. Every lie that ever was told originated with him. And so when you hear that voice in your ear trying to lead you to discouragement, that is not the voice of God. It may be the voice of your own flesh, and it may be the voice of the enemy, Satan, but it is not the voice of God. God will never discourage you. Now, God will convict you, and God will point out when you get out of bounds because he wants you to stay in bounds. You know why? Because it's in bounds that you get his blessings. And he doesn't want you out there uh, beyond the boundary of God's word living your life out there because he knows that he has limited himself to bless you only when you're in bounds. And in bounds is the word of God, within the word of God. Live your life in the word of God. Thank God for knowledge. Thank God for Bible study. But it has to make an 18-inch drop. It isn't enough that the Word of God be in your mind, that you be brilliant and smart and know the Bible. That is important. But it has to make that drop to the heart where you embrace it with all that's in you to live it. And you even pray when you pray, God, if I step out of bounds, blow the whistle. Just like a referee, I've preached this before, just like a referee in a basketball game, when you step out of bounds, he blows the whistle. And God will do that too. And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'd hate to know where I'd be today if God didn't blow the whistle on me every time I stepped out of bounds. Amen? Amen. And so I thank the Lord for it. So Elijah is the next one we want to talk about in the Bible. And Elijah was discouraged because of fear. Because of fear. Now Moses was overwhelmed. Do you remember last week? He was overwhelmed. He had all these people he was trying to lead into the promised land. And they were just griping and complaining and whining and criticizing. And they wanted to know where we're going to get our meat from. Now these are the same people who were scared they weren't going to have something to eat. These are the same people who just saw God part the Red Sea. I think that's amazing, don't you? Now don't get too spiritual because you do the same thing and I do too. God blesses us one day and we're amazed at His blessing and we're we're amazed at the way He provided. But then the very next day something bad happens and, and we begin to whine and complain after we just saw God do a miracle the day before. It don't take us long, does it? Don't take us long. You know why? Because it's natural. It's human nature. It's the sin nature to find fault. It is, not, it is not in our nature to be thankful. It's not in our nature to be appreciative. It's not in our nature to give praise to God and and hallelujahs. Do you know this morning so far in this service, we have gone against the grain of this world. We have gone against the current of this world. We stood on our feet this morning. The music kicked in. And we sang to God against the current of this world today. I'm proud of y'all for that. I'm proud of you. It ushers in the presence of God. But you, you're going to have to fight that battle tomorrow when there isn't any church. Amen? And Tuesday and Wednesday before church and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, you're going to have to fight that battle every day. We don't just fight it when we come to church and and join with one another link our arms and our minds and our thoughts and and sing together. You're going to have to fight that battle by yourself some days. Now, you won't ever fight it without Him, but there might not be other believers around you in some circumstances, but you got to fight that battle anyway. And you got to say, God, help me not to go with the flow of the world. When I was a young boy, if you're in eastern North Carolina back in the 60s and 70s, not so much today, but back then in the summer there was a job for everybody and it was in the tobacco patch. Do you all remember, anybody remember that? Y'all look so spiritual you won't admit it tobacco money, built a bunch of churches in eastern North Carolina, I'm just telling you, just telling you how it is. And uh, boy, uh, I worked, uh, Mr. Chester Martin, who remembers Mr. Chester Martin? I barned tobacco for him. I wanted to drive that tractor so bad, and he never would let me, but I love him, I still love him. But man, I was about 12 years old, and I want to drive that tractor. But I was a hand, how many of you remember handing, you remember handing? My mom would say, my mama was a stringer, buddy, she could do it. My mom would say, if you can't talk and hand at the same time, don't talk. Anybody ever heard that? Let's see, where was I going with that? Um, <laughs> but you know, um, living here in North Carolina, uh, you spend a lot of time out there. And... Uh, When you work on the farm, there's a lot of things to be discouraged about. How many of you ever done any farming in your life? There are a lot of things to be discouraged about. The weather, uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Getting help, um, going to the market, trying to get the right price for whatever it is you're trying to sell. There's so many things that a farmer deals with. And I watched as a young boy Farmers, and my daddy even farmed for a while before he became a minister, and I just remember uh, watching them go through some hard times, crying out to the Lord to help them walk through those times of discouragement. And the Word of God tells us today that you're going to fight some battles alone. You're going to fight some battles, and you're going to have Christians there with you. And what I do, I don't know what you all do, what I do when I've got a crisis situation going on in my life, I get hold of praying people. I let them know. You say, well, I just try to keep my business to myself. Well, you can do that if you want to, but I, I'll share enough they know to pray for me. Amen? Amen. And, and if you're discouraged today, call somebody. Call people that you trust, that you trust their, their life, and you trust their integrity. and you trust that if you want it held quietly, and there are some requests that need to be unspoken and shared with just a certain group. Everything is supposed to be spoken out or in the bulletin, some things are, are quietly. That's why we say raise your hand. And uh, but, but you can call people that you love and say, I don't want this talked about, but I trust you as a prayer warrior, and I want you to pray with me. So there are people who will pray with you. You call Brother Mac, he'll get the word out to pray. And uh, we'll pray for you. You call people individually. Don't fight discouragement alone. The devil's going to come with it, so get ready for it. So Moses was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed. We talked about burnout, being burnout. I had a young man who doesn't come to our church, but I saw him this week. He said, man, preacher, I've watched you online. And he said, you are one fine-looking man. That was the first thing he said. And then he, he said, <laughs> y'all know that wasn't right, don't you? And then he said, I watched you online, and man, it was like you were talking to me. And this was a young, a young father or a young husband, a young, young man. And he said, I, I'm letting my, he had his own business. He said, I'm kind of letting, Uh, Things come before, my business come before more important things in my life. He said, I'm getting a little burned out. and he spoke to me. So praise God. Praise God for that. Uh, Sometimes when I preach, I speak to me. I told you all this. When I'm pointing that finger, there's three more pointing back at me. So whatever I'm preaching is for me too. And I want to make this claim right now. I am not always a great example of what I'm telling you to do. I want you to know I'm working on this stuff and I would tell you I've got it all nailed down except for this lady sitting three pews back right there. She would tell you other things about me. That I do get discouraged and I do get frustrated and, um, and she's seen me fight those battles. So when I get up here and preach to you I'm, I'm telling you I'm right there with y'all. I battle too. I battle just like you do. So Moses was overwhelmed. Elijah is fearful. And then we're going to look at old Jonah. Jonah was uh, mad. He was angry. He was really angry at injustice. There was a perceived injustice in his eyes, and he got mad. So let's turn to 1 Kings. It's up on the screen. And I would encourage you also to follow along in your Bible because... um, because if you keep your Bible with you and you follow along in your Bible, then you, when you need your Bible to help somebody else, you'll, you'll, have a working, you'll have a working knowledge of where certain books of the Bible are, where they are. So I, I thank God for this. I thank the Lord for it and, and our media team, and I think this is Jenny's part here, um, Jenny Vanderhelm, she does such a great job at it, but... but Know your Bible. Know your Bible. You know, if you're at a kitchen table with somebody and they're asking you Bible questions, you can't look at Jenny and go, could you please put that on the wall? I mean, she can't do it for you at your house. So you're going to need to what? Know your Bible. Know your Bible. Know where it is. First Kings. Now, First Kings is easy to find because it's right before Second Kings. Exactly. So that makes it easy water ready and you know, if you don't water the mule he can't work it's in the bible it is first kings chapter 19 verses 1 through 5 and bill told hillary no wait i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i apologize i'm sorry jesus Oh, and Ahab told Jezebel. <laughs> Let me give some water. Now, if I offended any of you by saying that, if you'll come up to me after this service, I'll forgive you. <laughs> and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Do y'all remember the the story of um, Mount Carmel and how Elijah called down fire from heaven? You remember that? And there were many, many prophets there praying against Elijah to their God. But Elijah was praying to the only true and living God. He was praying to the God of the Bible. Now, we're not going to go back to chapter 18 because that's a whole nother sermon series that I'll preach sometime. But in chapter 19, Ahab is mad, and evidently Jezebel wears the pants in the family because Ahab was afraid to do anything about it or at least try to do anything about it. So he comes home and he tells Jezebel all that Elijah had done, that he had embarrassed uh, them, he had embarrassed their false gods. Really, they were gods that didn't even exist. Can Can I tell you something about idols and false gods? It's Satan, every one of them. Every one of them are Satan. Because I saw a a religion when I was real young, and it was a great old big fat man sitting down on a big pillow. And I thought, that's the religion for me, right there, that's it. I thought that was my religion. Uh, But I found out that was a false religion. And that idol... That idol, Satan is behind it. Listen, there are only two forces in this world, God and Satan, good and evil. So when you see any other religion that is not based on Jesus Christ as Messiah and the Word of God as truth, then whatever religion or cult that is, Satan is behind it. Now, we live in a day when you are being told by the likes of Oprah Winfrey and people of this nature that we can find God in any way. We can find God uh, through nature. A lot of people do that. A lot of people are fishing this morning. A lot of people are at the beach. (laughs) We'll let them go to the beach. We just want them back on Sunday. Amen. And we got people here that have places at the beach and they got places at the lake. But, buddy, when Sunday comes around, they're sitting right here. I love those people, and I used to preach against people that had places like that until they started letting me use them. <laughs> and when they started letting me use those places, I quit preaching on them. I quit. <laughs> but we do. We got people here who have places like that. They're nice places. I'm glad they got, but they're in church on Sunday, and I want y'all to know you know who you are, and I love you for it, and I appreciate you for it. Um, I don't know where I was going with that either, but that was good, wasn't it? It was good. And so, so she says, he says to her, uh, Jezebel, all that Elijah had done and withal, how he had slain the prophets with the sword. So I'm telling you, God of heaven came down, the true living God. I know what we're talking about. We're talking about idols and how Satan is behind all of them. And, uh. Uh, There was Elijah talking about the only one true and living God. Listen, y'all, there's just one true God. You you don't get to pick. You don't get to pick and say, well, you might go go to heaven that way, but I'll go to heaven a different way. No, 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 no. Acts 4 and 12, if you're taking notes, write that down. Look it up when you get home. No other name under heaven except the name of Jesus that a person can be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, not a way. Amen? Not a way. I'm the one and only way. The truth and the life. And no one can get to the Father, and the Father's in heaven. But Jesus was saying nobody can have a right relationship with the Father that was broken in the Garden of Eden. You can't get it right with God, the Father, until you go through Jesus Christ, the Son. Now, I know, I know, in this world, that's narrow-minded. And let me just tell you, amen, we are narrow-minded. When it comes to that, when it comes to that, we're very narrow-minded. Very narrow-minded. And we believe he is the way. And that's who Elijah was talking about. So when Ahab got home that day, he told Jezebel, Elijah has has, uh, done all these things, called fire down from heaven. Matter of fact, Elijah mocked the uh, false prophets. Now, y'all ought to read this when you get home. Don't read it now because I'm preaching. But you ought to read chapter 18 when you get home. He made fun of the false prophets. He said to them, I'm not kidding, it's in the Bible, maybe your God is going to the bathroom. Maybe, he's, maybe he had to go. I mean, when you got to go, you've got to go. And maybe your God is going to the bathroom. If you'll do a word study there and study the Hebrew, that's what Elijah said. Now, people say, y'all not be sarcastic, and I understand it can be painful, but sarcasm is used all through the Bible. And Elijah was being sarcastic right there. He said, your God must be in the bathroom, y'all. Maybe he can't hear you, he said. Maybe he he is hard of hearing. Cry louder. And that's old Elijah over there by himself and all these 400 prophets of Baal, and he is just making fun of them and mocking them and ridiculing them and just putting it on him, man. I'd love to sit been there and seeing that, wouldn't you? And he said, you better uh, cry out to your God. He said, maybe he's, maybe he's on a trip. Maybe he's taking a journey, he's on a trip. And maybe he'll be back. When he gets back, then y'all can pray to your God. I mean, he really made fun. And then after it was all over, uh, those 400 prophets of Baal, he slew them with the sword. And Ahab was mad. And Ahab came home. And Ahab probably said this. You just wait till I get home and tell Jezebel. That's probably what he said. And that is probably how he said it. He said, because I'm going to tell her. And then in verse 2, watch this now. Let me ask you a question. Who's with me? Say amen. So, so, Elijah has just seen fire come down from heaven. Oh, one thing I left out. He told the false prophets to pour water on the sacrifice. I mean, he cried out. The false prophets cried out to send fire down and consume the sacrifice. And uh, Elijah's sitting over there filing his fingernails, you know, waiting for them to get done. They got done. He said, uh, before I cry out to my God, he said, pour water all over over them. Just soak it real good And so they dug a trench around it And they poured water And water just went into that I mean they just soaked it good And when Elijah cried out to his God In a moment fire came down And whoosh He set it on fire And burned it up That's the true God So Jezebel So listen Elijah has just seen all that He has just seen all of that happen Just has seen it Just like the children of Israel had just seen the the Red Sea opened. They had just seen the Red Sea parted, and they began to complain immediately after that to Moses, saying, we don't have anything to eat. Where are we going to get something to eat? And here they are in 1 Kings, and Elijah has seen uh, fire come down from heaven and consume the offering. And then in verse 2 it says, Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, now listen, this is her message to Elijah. She said, I heard all about what happened to my prophets. She said, so let the gods do to me. Boy, she talk about pride now. She's full of pride. You let the, you let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not your life, as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now that's the King James Version. And I read that because I know a lot of people think that's you know the most important version. But I want you to know it's kind of hard to understand in the King James. So here's what Jezebel really was saying. Jezebel was saying, hey Elijah, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as my prophets were killed by tomorrow. This time I'll have your head on a stake. You'll be dead by this time tomorrow. And if not, let the gods do to me what they just did to my prophets. Now, buddy... I'm going to tell you something. When people get talking like that right there, that's blasphemous. When people get talking like that, you need to step away because lightning could be about to come down from above. Have you ever heard people say bold things like that and it made you just, made just a cold chill go down? Well, Jezebel is so full of pride, so full of pride, she had no problem saying this. And I want you to look at verse 3 now. Here's Elijah, who just saw fire come down from heaven, gets a letter from Hillary, gets a letter from Jezebel, I'm sorry, gets a letter from Jezebel, and look at verse 3. Elijah was afraid. Elijah was what? And fled for his life. I thought he was a man's man. I thought he was God's man. I mean, he just took on 400 prophets and utterly defeated them. And now he gets one letter from a demon-possessed queen. And he reads it and he says he is afraid and runs for his life. And the Bible says he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Now look at verse 4. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. Now, he's just, he's just down and out. He's just discouraged. The enemy's after him. Jezebel's after him. And, and he sat down, the Bible says in verse, thwart, verse uh, 4. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might what? What does it say? I want to die. I just defeated 400 prophets of Baal. I just saw fire come down from heaven and consume the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. And this woman has wrote me a letter and I just want to die. I just want to die. What is his problem here? He has allowed fear to paralyze him. I like Zig Ziglar. Y'all ever read anything or listen to Zig Ziglar? Zig Ziglar's a man of God. He's in heaven now, but he he was a motivational speaker. He said, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And fear had clutched the heart of Elijah, this great man of God, this great great prophet, this great hero of the Bible. And fear had, had just clutched his heart. And I want to ask you, what are you afraid of? What have you learned that you're afraid of in the future? What have you learned financially that you're afraid of? Are you afraid of the news, what's coming up on the news? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the direction of your children? Are you afraid? It's fine to be concerned about all those things. I've been right there. I've been concerned about them too. But don't let paralyzing fear consume your life. Don't let it happen. Look what Elijah says. He says, I have had enough, Lord. You ever felt like that? I have had enough, Lord. He said, here it is again. What does he say? Take my life. Take my life. For I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. That is, God, I've had it up to here. I just can't take it anymore. I've had enough. It's up to here, and I'm throwing in the towel, and if you really love me, you would kill me. Now, that's discouragement, isn't it? That's discouragement. The thing I want you to get today is that if these great heroes of the Bible got discouraged, you know the enemy's coming for you. You know he is. He's coming for you. Some of you are battling it right now. You haven't told anybody. You haven't told anybody, but when you lay down your head at night to go to sleep, it's in your mind. You roll and tumble because it's in your mind. You say, how do you know, preacher? Because I've done it. I've done that. I've done that. I've got some things in my life right now I'm concerned about. People I love that I'm concerned about. Situations that I'm concerned about. And I can find myself, it is not my nature to be encouraged. It is my nature to give in to discouragement. Because I'm just like you all. I battle with the same thing you battle with. And I'm speaking to somebody here today, and I don't know who you are, but God's telling somebody, take dis off of courage and have courage. Don't be discouraged. Have courage. Trust him. Believe in him. And so fear discouraged Elijah. Now let's take a look at Jonah, and then then we'll be done. So we're in, in uh, chapter three of Jonah. The Ninevites. So, so here, let me let me just give you a little background on uh, on uh, um, Jonah. So, so Jonah. Um, the Ninevites were evil people. I mean, I mean, uh, you talk about evil in our day. They were like the ISIS or like the Taliban or or whatever those different groups are. I mean, they were merciless, merciless. And through the years, they had been merciless toward the children of God. Now, the children of God, because of their disobedience, had actually brought a lot of that on themselves. How many of you know if you're disobedient to God, you become vulnerable to the enemy? Can I preach that? If you're disobedient to God, you become vulnerable to the enemy. And so the Ninevites were horrible I mean, you you talk about the ways they killed and the torturous ways that they treated the people of God. I mean, Jonah grew up hating the Ninevites. So God's looking for a man because the Ninevites Ninevites are are having a a rethinking process going on in their mind. So God says, I'm going to send a preacher to the Ninevites To preach to them, and if they will believe, I'm going to save the Ninevites. How about that? Isn't God loving? Isn't God loving? Well, Jonah didn't like it. He's the one who got called to go preach, and he didn't like it. He wanted God to kill him. He didn't want God to save him. So the Bible says instead of going to preach to him, he, he went on a boat down to Tarsus. You remember that in your Bible? And he got on the boat. Have you ever noticed when you are running from God, it's down, down, down? If you'll read the book of Jonah, the minute he started running from God, it says he went down to Tarsus, bought a ticket, got on the boat, went down into the boat. The boat went out into the ocean. They began to have trouble in the storm and they tried to figure out who the problem was so they drew straws and guess who drew the short straw? Jonah drew the short straw. Well, he had gone down to Tarsus and he had gone down into the boat because they couldn't find him. And they went down there, the Bible says, and got him and brought him back up to the deck so they could do this drawing of straws. And he got the short straw, and they said, hey, man, we, we think you're all right. I mean, we think the world of you, but we're about to throw you overboard. Because God just said, or, or whoever they were drawing the straws, uh, whatever God it was, we're, we're going to throw you over the side. And so they threw Jonah over the side, and he went down again. Because <laughs> he's running from God. When you're running from God, you're going down, down, down. And this big fish come along. Doesn't say a whale, but it says a big fish. Could have been a whale. Could have been the biggest spot you've ever seen. I don't know. But he came along and he swallowed Jonah. And Jonah went down into the belly of the fish. And Jonah started repenting down there. You know, if getting swallowed up by a fish don't get you to repent of your sins. I don't know what it would take. Amen. And so when, when you got a preacher who's living in sin, And uh, he's in your belly. Uh, It will upset your stomach. And that's what happened to that fish. (laughs) Jonah upset his stomach. And so the fish, the Bible says, came up to the shore. Jonah began to cry out and repent. The fish came up to the shore and spit Jonah up on the side of the shore. It's in the Bible. I keep telling y'all that because sometimes I tell y'all stuff's in the Bible. Y'all look at me like, really, really? It is. That's in the Bible. And And so Jonah... It's spit, spit up on the shore. And, and God begins to deal with them. Dude, you've got to go preach to these Ninevites. I'm going to save their soul. And Jonah got mad. He got mad. He said, I knew it. Jonah said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to forgive these people. I know you're a great listener. I mean, he's mad at God for being gracious. Now, Jonah wants him to be gracious to him. Come on. But he don't want him to be gracious to them. So he says, I knew you'd be a gracious God. I knew you'd be a merciful God. I knew you'd be a good, loving God to them. I knew you'd repent, uh, or they'd repent, and you'd forgive them. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Look at Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry, and he prayed to the Lord. Look what he said to the Lord. Y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. I know y'all got that food on your mind. I'm going to let you out in just a minute. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, why, why, uh, O Lord, was not this my saying? In other words, Lord, didn't I say this was going to happen? Didn't I say it? When I was yet in my country, therefore I fled before unto Tarsus, for I knew that you are a gracious God. How many of y'all are glad we serve a gracious God? Well, Jonah wasn't glad. He was glad when it applied to him, but he wasn't glad when it applied to them. He said, I knew you're gracious, you're gracious, and you're what? Merciful, and you're what? How many of y'all glad God's slow to anger? Man, mm, I'd hate to know where I'd be today if he wasn't slow to anger. And great of what? And repentest thee of the evil. In other words, Lord, I knew if the people of Nineveh would repent, you would change your mind about them. I knew you would. How many of you remember when you got saved? When you repent, God changes his mind about you. God changes his mind about you. Aren't you glad? And look what it says now. Look what it says. Verse 3. Therefore, now, O Lord. Now Jonah talking about himself. Take, I beg you, I beg you. That's what I beseech thee means. It means I beg you. I beg you. Take what? My life from me. Oh. For it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah says, please stop this crazy world, Lord, and let me off. I pray you will kill me. Then said the Lord to Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry? That's a really good question, because here's what it means. It means, what right do you have? To be angry. It took the same mercy, it took the same grace, it took the same slow to anger, it took the same kindness for me to change my mind about you, sir, that it took for me to change my mind about Nineveh. And then you remember how Jonah went moping and whining and sat down in the hot sun, and God still loved him enough he made a tree grow overnight to shade Jonah from the hot sun. But Jonah still wouldn't get his mind right toward God. So God sent a little worm along to kill the vine, let the sun back in. So here we are now. Moses, great man of God, wants to die. Elijah, great man of God, wants to die. Jonah, great man of God, wants to die. Why? Because they're deeply discouraged. Deeply discouraged. I wanted to preach this today. I wanted to preach this in these first two sermons of this series. I wanted to preach it to you because I want you to know you are subject to this. You are vulnerable to this. If you let your guard down, he will do the same thing to you that he did to these great men of God, Satan will. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to be ready to fight. Let's all stand together, would you? And would you just walk up here? Would you just walk up here to the front? I wanna just exhort just a little bit more and then I'm gonna dismiss you. Now I'm gonna dismiss you in just a minute, and when I do, you're welcome to go on over to the fellowship hall. I'm going to pray for some people that have asked me to pray for them after that, but I'm going to dismiss you before they come forward so they can have some privacy. If you want to stay and pray with them, you certainly can. But I want to tell you that it is pride that makes us say about this, well, that could never happen to me. That could never happen to me. I've been tested in a lot of ways, and I've never been like that. Well, you don't know that a test is coming you've never been through that could challenge you in this area. And see, you might be here today, and you might say, well, I really appreciate this preacher, but I just gotta tell you, I'm not that type of person. I'm an upbeat person, and, and I just don't let discouragement get to me like that. You know what? God bless you, that's awesome. That's wonderful. You know why you need this then? You know why you need this sermon? So you can help other people. Because other people are going to come in your life who are discouraged. And they're going to need you to encourage them. They've heard you come to Pine Level Church. They've heard that you are a Christian. And they're going to come to you and they're going to be discouraged. Listen, you're not going to know what to say. I I find myself in that situation a lot. I don't know what to say. But I can take them to the Bible and say, look, Moses got discouraged. Elijah got discouraged. Jonah got discouraged. So don't feel so bad. Don't feel so beat up that you're discouraged. today. Everybody gets discouraged. But it is the voice of Satan that says, you don't even deserve to live. You don't even deserve to live. Life isn't worth living. That's the voice of Satan. That's the voice of the enemy. What does he come to do? steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible tells us that. And I want you all to not be discouraged, and I want you to be equipped to help people who get discouraged. Amen? Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you so much, God, for your word. Thank you, God, that you didn't just record the successes and triumphs of the Bible, but you recorded when men stumbled. You recorded when men of God failed. Even when they sinned, you recorded. To let us know that any of us are subject to failure. Any of us are subject to discouragement. Any of us are subject to fall into sin if we do not stay alert. The Bible says, be alert, be alert, be sober. And God, I pray that you would just cover this congregation with your encouragement, cover them with your word, cover them with your presence, and Lord, I pray that you would help them not to be discouraged in difficult times. Some of them are going through difficult times personally, in their home and in their family. And they're they're fighting battles they've never fought before. They're feeling a way they've never felt. They're they're pushed down and and, and they're they're, uh, fought against in a way they've never encountered before. And, And they're struggling. And I want you to reach down your hand and touch them. I want you to bless them today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I know there's some people who want some special prayer. You're welcome to stay if you want to. I'm going to dismiss, and uh, and we're going to have some time of prayer around the altar. And then I'll be over there in a little while. But y'all feel free to use that offering table before I get there. All right? Just want to let y'all know. Amen. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for coming today. And uh, those of you who would like prayer, please come forward, and we'll pray for you. God bless you.
0: You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Owners Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Owners Church is located on 112 East Blant Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have have a facebook account go to facebook.com forward slash pine level phc get notifications when we go live check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church just like our facebook page that's all you have to do also youtube is available for the youtube subscribers search youtube for pine level ph church subscribe to our channel get notifications when we go live and you watch our services live or on demand Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world don't forget about our new radio station go to our website or app for the quick link and you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7 also lots other programming is available for your enjoyment so if you want to check that out do so anytime and listen with friends around the world for everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church I'm Joey Perry we hope to see you soon here at the Panel, Pentecostal in his church.